Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first of four special episodes of Weekend at Dave's PAX Edition. So this is the first of four episodes, one at the end of each day. I'll be posting it the day after, so you guys will be getting this at the beginning of day two of PAX. But I am here to talk about what I did during day one of PAX and what I enjoyed and perhaps a little bit about what I'm planning to do for the rest of my time at PAX. So let's just jump right in. This is one take, no editing. That's how I get this out to you guys fast because editing is a nightmare. And So I appreciate your time and patience with what could be a little more rambly than usual episodes. It's not going to be quite up to speed with what we're used to, but hopefully that helps me get the content to you a little faster. So I'm going to walk you through the day in chronological order from what I did first to what we did last, and just kind of talk through that. So we started the day touring the Expo Hall floor, of course. It's always fun when you get to PAX to explore, see what's going on, what games are available. As you can see from the Expo Hall map, all your big players are there. Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, Square Enix, Bandai Namco. So we started the day by going around the Expo Hall, looking into what's available. We started at Sony because Sony has by far the most high-profile games available. Days Gone has a killer showcase, a killer booth with actual lurkers or whatever the term is that they don't want to use zombies as the term. So they had real live lurkers just peering through a fence trying to grab, pretending to grab attendees and you can take photos with them and that was all fun. After that, we went into some of their more smaller games just because the line for Days Gone was backed up to eternity. So we spent some time just playing a couple small games. I spent a little bit of time with Indivisible, the demo that went out to backers earlier, uh, either this, this year or last year, back when they had a chance to preview the game. Uh, my thoughts of that were pretty tame. Seems like an interesting game. I'm a fan of turn-based combat, and it definitely has that fighting influence. You basically control up to four characters, and each is controlled with a single button press when you get into combat. So by tapping a button, the character the character whose button you tap goes to attack the enemy. It's almost kind of... It feels like a Xenogears-esque combat system, because then from there you can continue a, a string of combos based on what you're pressing. At the same time, it's interesting because you can also hold the button to have certain characters block, and that comes into play when enemies are... It's all in real time, so enemies can be attacking you, you can be attacking them. Active time battle merged with this fighting-esque Xenogears combat, which is exciting. It's too bad the demo didn't have a tutorial, so I was a little lost, and didn't. I'm sure I didn't really get everything there was out of the demo, but it was interesting. Next game I played was Falcon Age. This is a... Title, you can play both non-VR and VR. And it's an interesting title. It's open-ish, where it's an open-ish world where you take control of a... Well, you play as a person, but you can call upon a falcon that rests upon your arm in a really cool fashion. And I'll link all these trailers so you can see in the article. But a falcon comes and rests on your wrist, and you can kind of do cool moves you can interact with the press of the square button and you can fist bump the falcon and you can do little kind of bro-y handshakes but there are also missions to take on and during the demo we were infiltrating some kind of factory or outpost 
and it's manned by robots. In order to take down the robots, you have kind of a whip that can be used to either tether enemies and pull them towards you, and then you can whack them with your whip. Some enemies are immune to that, so you have to use your eagle. You have to send the eagle out or the falcon out to, to deal damage to the enemies, to the robots, and then you can go in close for a clean kill or something. And it was interesting. Uh, I wasn't 100% sold on the actual gameplay mechanics, but I think the idea of having this eagle that is almost like your buddy... We've seen this recently with games like The Last Guardian and Moss. These games that have you interact with an animal or another being that you communicate through actions rather than words. And it's it's I love that trend in gaming recently. So that's always welcome. I think this could shape up to be pretty interesting. It's mainly a matter of how the gameplay shakes. But... That's how we kicked off RE3. After that, we grabbed, we did some more touring of the Expo Hall. We grabbed some lunch. We got in early for the Gearbox presser-ish, or just the Gearbox panel, which I'm sure by now you've already heard of and read about <laughs> the slideshow that was the Gearbox presser. But, yeah, we waited for a while to get in. Almost was told that we had to go back just because it was almost to capacity. We got in at the very last second. They handed us masks on our way in, psycho masks, which was cool. And yeah, so they started by Randy Pitchford was leading the panel. He started by dissecting a little bit about that Gear uh, Borderlands 3 teaser trailer that we got the day before PAX began. Wanted to talk about a few more publishing related announcements for Gearbox, including. Uh, Risk of Rain 2 being available starting now in early access and buy it by the end of the week and you can gift it to a friend for free. So that's pretty cool and that's retailing at 20 bucks. So until March 30th, you can buy it for 20, split it with a friend, each pay 10 bucks or something like that. So that's cool. Uh, they showed off a cool new tiny build game, like horror-esque. That seemed interesting to me, but it was, it was a pretty light presser. Obviously everybody there was there for Borderlands 3 info. Before we got the Borderlands 3 info, Gearbox announced that Borderlands 1 and the Handsome Jack collection, which includes Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel, were all being remastered, 4K, the whole shebang, current-gen consoles. That was a pretty big deal. And it was nice that for us, they gave free copies to everybody who was in the crowd, so that was cool. Can't wait to give some thoughts on that. Hopefully, maybe in a future podcast, future article, we'll see. But so that was a cool, nice little bonus. And for those that, I guess, missed out on Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, etc., that's fun. And they announced that they're bringing all the current DLC for Borderlands 2 into Borderlands 2 VR, which is cool for those that are enjoying that in VR. I have not had real interest in doing that just because I'm a little afraid of playing large games in a VR setting. But who knows, maybe that'll turn the tide. Maybe that'll convince me otherwise. And of course, the Gearbox panel ended with a reveal of Borderlands 3, which was hype. It was cool. It was actually very fun to, to witness that. And I'm excited for what lies in store. I was never, again, I was never really much of a Borderlands fan, but the game looks cool. The antagonists look awesome. And I know that Borderlands is always known for, has always been known for that killer dialogue, those killer character models. So that'll be cool. It's a shame that it was taking a while to get the trailer's really functioning, and Randy was seeming a little pissed. In between, we saw a weird magic trick coming from Randy, which I think, no, I mean, I haven't done my full research into this, but just based on things that we know, 
it seems weird for A, Randy Pitchford to have been giving this presser, given the current lawsuit or, or circumstances surrounding him. And it seems weird for him to be doing a magic trick and, and boast about being, you know, being a magician when those whole, alle- you know, allegations about him saying certain things, certain absolutely not okay things to be saying on a magic podcast, for example. But I don't know. So that, that kind of hung a, a weird cloud over the whole event. But all in all, it was a bit hectic. It was had some technical issues. But at the end of the day, came out with some free games, came out with a cool look at Borderlands 3. So... You know, how can, how can you really complain? After that, went to a different panel, which was focused on the hustle of growing a small-scale site or small-scale project or small-scale podcast, hint, hint, into something a little bigger. So that was important for me, and it kind of reaffirms my vision in making the Punish Backlog a place of inclusivity, a place of high-quality content that welcomes a wide audience of people, a wide audience of writers as well. And I think that we're really on track to doing that. So again, thank you for those listening right now. Thank you for those that read our articles. It really means a lot to us. So that panel just kind of reaffirmed my vision for this site, and hopefully it's in line with your guys' ambitions as readers and listeners. After that, we headed back to the show floor, went back to Sony, played a few more titles, namely... Uh, Justin Roiland's Trover Saves the Universe. And the game was, it was a short demo. It was maybe 10 minutes tops, but, and, and it wasn't much gameplay to be had, but boy, was that game, it was funny. It was real funny. And uh, apparently a lot of this, these lines were just ad-libbed after the fact by Justin Roiland. And, 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 but it's, it's really in the spirit of, really in the spirit of Rick and Morty. It's hilarious. You start in a room with these talk show hosts, just seemingly the crazy banter from these talk show hosts, but they're actually giving you feedback on how to look around and use the controls for the first time, which was very clever. Then Trover comes in the room and is just talking up a storm, and you play as a human that has a controller that controls Trover, and... It, it's just, it's bonkers. It's really hard to explain. It's it's a hack and slash where you can also, I guess in the style of like a Doom VR game, you can move yourself, your positioning to different points of the map. When you move Trover to certain points, you can press a trigger and you'll zoom over to his current location. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of a workaround for having a fully fledged, fleshed out third person adventure game or first person adventure game. But it works for... It works for its purpose, for its own purpose. You know, it, it it works in the capacity of kind of a demo-ish VR game. But I think this game will really stand out because of the humor. The art style's cool. It, it feels in line with Rick and Morty. The music's cool, whatever. The voice acting's good. Yeah, it'll be a humorous romp. You can play it in VR, without VR, seemingly, which is great. I think that this is a great initiative from Sony to provide experiences both you know enhanced with VR, but also you have the option of playing it without. That's cool for those who don't own it. Me, personally, I own PSVR. I'll be taking advantage of it, and I can't wait to play that game when it comes out May 31st. Let's see. After that, we kind of walked around the show floor, played a few indies here or there, played a card game in the spirit of Hearthstone called Eternal on iPad, which was a lot of fun. It's a bit of a mix of Hearthstone and Magic the Gathering, where you you gain mana every turn, but you also have to unlock certain elemental mana nodes to summon different cards or different 
monsters and creatures. And unlike Hearthstone, you can't attack heroes directly. You set minions to attack, and then your opponent can then block, much in the sense of Magic the Gathering or other similarly inspired card games. After that, we played a game called Kung Fu Kickball, which feels a little Nidhogg-ish, where you are trying to kick a ball into your opponent's goal, or in the which is a bell. You have to ring your opponent's bell by kicking a, a kickball into it. Fun, kind of innocent, um, harm, harmless kind of game. Fun, had fun with it. Just thought I'd give it a little nod. And we played a civilization, not civilization, but a little simulation game called Foundation, which involved building a colony for the first time and managing resources and starting with a small colony and having people become builders and building things and bringing in berries and wood and stone and kind of growing your your town. And that was cool as well. So a little bit lighter on the games played. My plan for the rest of PAX or for tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, is I guess at the time of this recording it'll be today. But my plan for Friday, Saturday, Sunday is to go around, play as many indies especially as possible, but also get a look at Days Gone control some of those other larger third uh, AAA games, come back to you guys with some thoughts, some feedback. This was a quick one and done. Had an excellent first day. Had some fun. Met some cool developers. Met some cool content creators. Excited to give you more as the week rolls out, so stay tuned. Thanks, everybody. 